In every generation, there are chosen queers. We alone will stand against the cisheads, the straights, and the forces of darkness. We are the Gayers. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers. Happy Pink Moon, everyone. Today, we are talking about Buffy Season 4, Episode 2, Living Conditions. Just a couple reminders before we get into the episode. This is a fully spoiled episode-by-episode podcast done in order of how much we like the seasons so you aren't lost. We really did start with Season 4. Also, this podcast started out on Patreon a few years ago, so if you like what you hear, consider joining us there because there are so many episodes for you to binge. So yeah, that's patreon.com slash thegaylyprofit, which is our first podcast because that's how how we started this podcasting endeavor. So speaking of which, we do make three other podcasts and uh, you should head to our website, hashtag ruthless.com so you can learn all about all the other stuff that we do. And if you like what you hear, please leave us five stars and some kind words on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people can decide that they want to listen to this show. And uh, finally, we will be back on May 5th for the full flower moon with our discussion of Harsh Light of Day. Thank you all so much for being here, and let's go talk about Kathy. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers, a podcast where a couple of sorcerers talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 2, Living Conditions, in which Buffy is having roomie problems with Kathy, her doormate, who Buffy is convinced is a demon, and everyone else in her life is like, girl, chill and learn to share. Buffy becomes more and more rational about Kathy's quirks, but of course, turns out that Buffy's instincts are correct and that Kathy is totally a demon. Not only that, Kathy is also stealing Buffy's soul, so Kathy does not have to go back to her conservative dad demon, um, shareless dimension. <laughs> uh, this does not work because Buffy's a main character, so it's bye-bye, Kathy. Uh, Willow ends up moving in, and... Apologizes to Buffy for not believing her. And Buffy is relieved to not be such a bitch anymore until, well, it's other half of her sandwich, that is. This episode also features special guest appearances by Parker Poophead Abrams, a mysterious <laughs> girl that literally turns Oz's head, and some weird masked soldiers snooping around campus that totally won't come up later in the season. Perfect. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so then, listeners, come with me now as we enter the bronze, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. I know Giles was just joking with Buffy when he's just like, I sometimes frolic, but I'm like, where is this frolic footage? Please give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I am 100% positive that um, high on demon magic... Giles has frolicked at least one time in his life. Oh, yeah, obviously. And maybe just, hi, Giles. True, true. (laughs) (sighs) What am I, what do I want to say? So, like, here's my question, I guess, is, like, was there some sort of, you know, 
supernatural interference that caused this demon who's just trying to go to college to get paired with the Slayer so that she, like, wouldn't be able to steal someone's soul. Or was it just, like, incredibly bad luck for Kathy that she happened to get paired with the fucking Slayer? You know, I was trying... I was actually thinking about, like, what shitty luck that was. And, like, I mean... Maybe it's a little bit of both. Like, maybe Buffy's presence sort of skews the odds for, like, demons who are just, like, out doing their thing. You know? Sort of how, like, light bends in the presence of a black hole. What if, like, demons' ability just to keep doing what they're doing, like, gets fucked up in the presence of the Slayer? So then there is some sort of, like, supernatural force that, like, drew them to be paired together which sucks because i'm like not convinced that kathy is evil which i guess we could maybe dig into if you want (laughs) uh yeah i actually where do i have that let's yeah let's get deeper into that later but okay yeah i i i hate kathy but i feel bad for kathy because i can do more than one feeling at a time (laughs) i know yeah i actually have a little bit about that also in her character development because yeah yeah. sort of like yeah yeah bad bad luck all all around for kathy um i just want to go on the record to saying that we rarely see giles's courtyard in the sunlight and it's so dreamy (laughs) it is yeah i'm glad that buffy points it out I'm like, if I lived here, I would be in that courtyard all of the time. Especially if I spent most of my time being awake at night. It would be like, I'm getting as much of the sun as I possibly could. Yeah. Even when, even when he's not, you know, employed doing a day job, it's just like, but you spend a lot of time being awake at night, my dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's super dreamy. Well, I have so much about Giles in this <laughs> Um, I think I'm only going to do one more thing here, which is to ask you if, so when Buffy and Kathy are fighting at the end, we get this like cutaway shot of the hallway and that like dude down the hall opening the door and being like, could you keep it down? People are trying to study. And does he think they're fucking? Oh, maybe. Because it kind of sounds from outside the door it kind of sounds like they're fucking and if he thought they were fighting i think he would be more concerned right yeah or like maybe just resigned i feel like it was sort of just like hey could you and it's like yeah but if like if you thought your neighbor in your dorm was having like a fist fight with someone i think it would be like a much more anxious hey could you Whereas if you're like, oh my god, they're fucking, you feel awkward. So you're like, oh my god, can you, I I wish you weren't making me do this right now. Which (laughs) I think is like the vibe that he's bringing us. You know what? I am on board for this now. Cool. All right. I'm going to then follow you and cut down my stuff. Okay. I do want to, I do want to say though that. As much as I hate to agree with anything that Parker says or does, I think his advice about the meal card is legit because a lot of like college meal plans are like by the amount of times you go to the cafeteria. And I feel like when I was in college and living in a dorm, like 
squirreling away as much shelf-stable or moderately shelf-stable stuff as I could fit in my dorm to eat later was, like, key. The idea that they're charging people for food and phone calls when you're already paying so much fucking money to go to college makes me viscerally angry. Yeah, when I went to college, it was like people had cell phones, but not as ubiquitous as now. So yeah, we had a landline in our room that I used because I didn't have a cell phone until I was 21. I was my, like literally a senior in college and I had a cell phone. So yeah, the whole like charging by the call and if it's long distance or not is very real. <laughs> I just hate that so much. Uh, yeah, college is a fucking scam. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Live off campus, kids, if you go to, if you want to go to campus. For real. It's cheaper. It's so much cheaper and better in the long run. And you can find your own roommates that you actually want to live with, ideally. And make your own food and not have yeah. to eat cafeteria stuff, which was hard when I was a vegetarian in 2004. <laughs> mm, just a lot of like potatoes and fake meat products. There was like a there's like a stir fry like Wednesday that I could like get all my vegetables for the week. Oh my god! They like had just started having like soy milk available, but you had to ask for it. It was like behind the thing. But after a while, the lunch ladies got tired of of me asking for it, so they're like, "Here, just take it." And so I would just take the entire carton and put it in my fridge. Were you and I'm the like, only cool. vegetarian on campus? I was. <laughs> I was the only vegetarian. I think the amount of us. I went to a very small school, but there were still like, I don't know, maybe like 30 of us with maybe like another 30 people who were like experimenting with vegetarian and veganism. But I mean, it's the fucking Midwest. People in the Midwest love their fucking dairy. (laughs) That's true. So, and the dairy industry is very good at marketing to people in the U.S. Anyway, lifesaver, stealing soy milk out of the cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have one more thing. Which is, I just want to posit this scenario for you. Okay. <laughs> Which is, what if Parker and Kathy had hooked up? And then he, like, broke her heart. And she was like, I'm going to either steal your soul or, like, destroy you. <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. Would she? Okay. Ooh, this is actually an interesting question that technically belongs in the library. But, like, does she get morals and stuff as she acquires a soul and i mean we have a lot of questions about soul having and whatever but based on the science of this episode where buffy becomes meaner and like has less sort of boundaries around her own feelings and the expression of them and stuff like that as her soul is taken does that mean that kathy gains those things as she acquires a soul so would she once she has a soul feel bad for instance about murdering parker if he broke her heart now i think that is a good question just because we don't see kathy getting nicer necessarily no and i mean i guess it's hard to say because it sounds like for kathy's species she is a young adult Mm-hmm. And so, but like maybe has enough potentially maybe life experience to be like, I don't need to crush you into a million pieces, Parker. But a part of me is like, I mean, I have a soul and I'm like, I want to hit you with a truck, Parker. Or maybe a, a big stick. <laughs> 
with the <laughs> yes, I do in fact want to hit him with a big stick. So I'm kind of like, I mean, and what's stopping me is a like unholy deep well of empathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, does Kathy have that? I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, that's a great question. Or is it like cultural? Because I mean, she her demon species appear to be quote unquote demons just because they like look like what we associate with demons they like the the dad doesn't well yeah (laughs) i'm putting air quotes around soul here we're we're both we're both we both just did the air quote thing yeah i just i just like i'm not because it like the dad doesn't try to kill anybody those demons aren't trying to kill anybody kathy's not trying to kill anybody like they just want to go home and they just want to like take their kid home and right. she's just having a rebellious phase. Like nothing right. that they're doing is like demonic besides no. the magic. Like it, but it's like that's like magic. It's not necessarily like a demonic. It's not like an evil thing to do. She's doing something that she has to do that's like not a good thing, but she's not doing it because she's evil. She's not doing it like a lot of the demons that we see that are like, I'm going to kill Buffy just because she's the slayer and I think that's fun, you know? Yeah. And so, right, like, Kathy's just out here trying to live her life and be a, a strong, independent person. <laughs> Sorry. For, I just feel like <laughs> in, the, in the first scene of Men in Black where Will Smith is deciding who to shoot, like, Kathy's not on the list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, should we go to the cemetery? Yes, we should go to the cemetery. Welcome to the cemetery, where we talk about character development. Um, okay. I have Kathy first. Me too. And I maybe want to send you a short video. Okay. <laughs> because I think Kathy's a Virgo. That's literally my only note here as okay. like my prompt to talk about her as Kathy is a Virgo. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, and what, what I think about whenever I was watching any scenes with Kathy is this video that my wife, who is a Virgo, sent to me to be like, LOL, look how accurate this is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no, you are correct. If you wouldn't mind, I'm going to send you this video. And also, as a, as a heads up, this dude is doing this video. I in... sent Nicole this video. Okay, great. So you've already seen this video. <laughs> yes, Perfect. Yeah, Kathy is a I have a system for a go. And everyone, uh, this video will be in the show notes. Um, the person who is doing this video is also pretending to be Hannibal Lecter. So there's a little bit of references to the... The, the, the concept of Hannibal Lecter, you don't have to have seen the movie, the show to get it, but it is still very funny. Um, a lot of the comments are like, as a Virgo, I also am like, you know, oh, I have a system. Or, you know, see, I place in my apartment has a home. And it's just like, th- this is Kathy. Kathy is uh, ironing her jeans. I know. Oh, my God. is just, I'm like, who who does that? I know. Especially, I mean, we know Kathy isn't actually an 18-year-old, but <laughs> if I had lived with someone in the dorm who, like, ironed 
her genes, I would be like, we can't live together because I am too gross. <laughs> You're not going to like how much I rewear my clothes before I wash them. Totally. Yeah, that is, they did a really good job of like, what are the things that like, in a very brief moment of episode communicate everything that Kathy is and they're like ironing her jeans and labeling each individual egg in the fridge and even if those were the only two things that were like she is overdoing like oh and the phone call log thing too maybe the little notebook to be like that way we won't have to and I'm like that is also the most Virgo thing I've ever seen. And listeners, again, I am married to a Virgo that I love very much. So I'm not trying to slander Virgos, but y'all are intense. Yeah. Um, and as someone who is a dirtbag Sagittarius, it's sometimes a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, and like my partner is a is a virgo moon and like literally once got a job by he's a a builder listeners um once got a job by showing them a video of like the like tool organization system in his truck that he like (laughs) built so that it like boxes like slid out it was just like very very um elaborate system and they're like oh my god yes you're hired <laughs> so, yeah. yeah wow that is that is peak i have a system yeah nicole <laughs> tells me like sarcastically and sometimes not sarcastically like i have a system from that video all of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that person his videos are incredible i almost never identify with things about my sun sign because my moon and rising are in the same sign so like i'm much more scorpio than pisces but his pisces video is like uncomfortably accurate and one of the things is like i can't remember it exactly but like needing to leave a party because the vibes are off and i use that all the time when i need to like escape a place i just turn to evan and i'm like the vibes are off and he's like okay we can go (laughs) anyway should we move on to someone else yeah so we meet parker in this episode we sure do it's i think that they do a really good job i they I wish they had cast an actor that made me feel less uncomfortable because I think they would have done a better job of like, oh, this is why Buffy is into this guy. Like all of his lines, all of his behaviors are very like, yeah, you he he has game. I think it's Oz that says he has game. Like he does. He does. He yeah. showing up with the Ziplocs like this. It's good. I get it. I don't get it because like looking at that man gives me the heebie-jeebies. But like... He that actor is very good at being like, look at my look at my soft boy eyes and my floppy hair, and then and then just being like, I have no empathy, and then you're just like, wow, how did you do that? Because I yeah, it's like it's, he doesn't blink enough. Uh, I think it's effective. I was I don't know. I feel like for me, I'm kind of just like you subscribe to the at least in this episode the. Xander school of comically oversized clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Which Xander, surprisingly, is not subscribing to, but that is for the next segment. Yeah, I actually just really love how he fits into this episode. Parker? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, oh, here's an opportunity to chat to a cute girl and then 
continue to have game by showing up to her room and being like, remember that conversation we were having earlier? I remembered that and I thought about it and I brought you this gift for mm-hmm. you. And I'm like, yeah, that's some smooth ass motherfucking shit right there. Yeah, it really is. Um, So this is really our like, because we just in this season just met Oz in the last episode. We just got a little bit of him. So just want to, you know, acknowledge that Oz is the fucking best. He's so great. And the part Mm -hmm. where he's like, nobody deserves mime, Buffy, is (laughs) one of my favorite lines of this whole really excellent episode. (laughs) I know. It's really like, I don't know. It almost makes it kind of a shame that there are not many episodes where we just, where we just, or we are not many scenes where we just have Oz and Buffy interacting one on one. Mm. Because like, just the way that he is just so chill in the face of her just increasing extraness mm-hmm. <laughs> is really quite lovely. Yeah. You know, when we were talking on Escape from Reality recently about how Shepard is the one of our group there that we would be friends with i think it's very safe to say that oz is the one from this show that we would actually want to be friends with yeah because i would not want to hang out with any of the rest of the scoobies maybe tara i feel like willow's intense nerdiness would have been something that i would be because i was i mean in high school and of course still am always being like you're a nerdy weirdo Mm -hmm. (laughs) can we be friends uh but i think that willow is i mean i don't know and i feel like willow's kind of intense in a way that like i have friends that are intense like willow so i'm kind of just like i can see myself being friends with willow even though after a while i'd be like should we be friends i don't know kind of that situation yeah no actually and i think that right now i'm assessing willow in proximity to buffy like the like paredness of willow and buffy because i think i just want to go on record as saying like i would not want to be around buffy (laughs) i find her too much um for like my particular ability to vibe with a person um and i think willow matching Buffy's energy I would have a hard time with but like actually Willow and Oz Willow or Willow and Tara Willow where she's sort of with a mellower person and like vibing at that level I think you're right I would be like yeah no we can hang out that'd be fun yeah welcome to April Fool where we talk about fashion (laughs) My notes for this section are so long. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, and maybe just because the first time around we just didn't do this section, but so I like, I'm like, I feel like I was making notes about like almost every scene. This <laughs> is a <laughs> rough episode for fashion. Um, and listeners, just so you know, on all of the episodes, um, I put screenshots of the things we talk about in this section so if you go to the episode web page you can look at a gallery of the things we discuss like buffy's motherfucking pants that are some sort of like brocade from the knee down oh i i noticed that i was about to be like oh the jeans are nice and then i saw that and i'm like oh no <laughs> right <laughs> 
They're wild. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start? I did just start, but you can Oh, go you next. did just start. You're right. <laughs> um, I feel like Kathy's outfit in the very first scene in the in the teaser where she's just wearing like a baseball tee and like capri cargo pants is some shit i would have worn when i was 14 a little bit less femme than the the style that she is wearing Mm -hmm. but in spirit still that outfit yeah she starts off so neutral and then and 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 then yeah stops (laughs) the next scene she literally is dressed like a like a Barbie. Like those are Barbie clothes that I feel like I owned for my <laughs> dolls. They're like neon pink pants that are like a floral print with this like bright green shirt. And it's not necessarily bad on the right person. I don't think Kathy can pull it off. No. I th- I think that like the right over-the-top queer could pull that outfit off. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it looks like something Barbie would wear, I think makes sense when you consider that Kathy is a demon and very new to this world. And, like, where else is she going to get a sense of, like, what's in, if not, like, the toy aisle of Target? <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have to say that I did not hate Buffy's red halter top and red and white flower skirt combo that she wears over to Giles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I think this may be the only outfit of hers that I don't hate in this episode, minus the red coat that she has when she's hanging out with Oz. Everything else is various shades of like, oh, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> Very much so, yes. Including those PJs. I was like, what the fuck? I don't think that's what... An 18-year-old Buffy would wear. They're, for the listener at home, they're like a cream-colored satin pajama set that's, like, really large. And then she's just buttoned, like, the the middle the middle button, the between-the-boobs button, and everything else is open conveniently for demon stuff because they needed to be able to access her stomach without it being weird maybe even though it's obviously very weird too too creepy yeah 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 it is yeah i feel like she would just wear a camisole or something to sleep in i agree speaking of things that are confusing this cardigan that buffy is so pissed about this pale blue cardigan with the embroidery i'm like this is what looks like something an old lady would wear buffy you don't go to church so it's not even a thing you wear to church so why are you mad it looks but i mean Give, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's, re- it's a really, really terrible card again. Like, Kathy did you a favor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you wearing this to? Why are you wearing it? Yeah. You could, you could just give it to her at that point, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. As like a passive aggressive gift. Oh, this looks better on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, Xander wears a really nice sweater in the cafeteria it fits it's like blue and green it yeah is very nice and then that pink floral button down short sleeve button down that he wears so cute 10 out of 10 i know excellent shirt he never wears it again i don't think which is too bad because it's a very cute shirt it's so good 
Oh, no one ever wears anything again in this show except like Spike. I think it's everyone is a one and done outfit kind of TV show. Yeah, I th- yeah. I mean, the vampires are just basically always wearing about the same thing. Yeah, and I feel like Giles has some things that like you see again. Yeah, maybe. So, but yeah, everyone else they got to be like, you're young, you're always buying clothing, and I'm like. <laughs> Xander should have like eight things. <laughs> yeah, for real. As, as like both that kind of dude and also someone who is very broke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't hate Willow's crocheted shawl that she's wearing when they're meeting in the common room of the dorm with Giles. It's really? like a blue. I, I mean, I guess part of me is a like, that's a really nicely constructed crocheted shawl. I mean, but I don't know. It's not a shawl, hate... it's a poncho. Oh, you're right. It was a poncho. Does that change it? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> like a, a crocheted tube that she pulls over her head and it's constricting her arms. <laughs> if she has to reach up, it's going to like <laughs> roll up around her neck and she's going to have to unroll it like a condom. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, okay. So then my last thing is also a Willow thing. She wears this red sweater that has like a like a weird red lace rim around the collar and then she's wearing this frilly red choker that looks like she like sliced it off of the top of the sweater (laughs) and then moved it up four inches and put it around her neck it is a very weird look yeah i think i also spotted Willow with yet another pastel pink sweater that is different than the other pastel pink sweater she wears in the previous episode and different than the one, the pastel pink sweater that she wears in season three. I'm just like, please stop giving Willow pastel pink sweaters. For real. Allison Hannigan is a very beautiful person and the pastel pink is just not doing her any favors. Mm -mm. Agreed. Welcome to the Hellmouth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Maybe, do you want to start off with Xander? Yeah, let's do it. I just feel really bad for Xander and his obviously shitty home life. And I think the show sort of, I don't want to say glosses over it, but every time he like says a thing that is like, Xander is saying for laughs because it's like, LOL, it's easier to deal with your trauma when you can laugh at it than to be like, my parents had charged me for food and I have no job. So thank God Willow is letting me sneak into the cafeteria so I can eat today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, uh, Xander, I do not like you, but that is really shitty. And I'm sorry, dude. It's terrible. And like, I just, I also don't love the nonchalance with which his friends receive this information where they're just like pat pat poor xander it's like yeah food insecurity is bad like poor xander like actually you should maybe be more concerned you know yeah i know that's not the show doesn't really have room for things like this and i don't think it should but i kind of wish that meant that like Xander just wasn't in that situation, you know? Yeah. Or, I don't know, actually, because now that we have done a podcast about our flag means death, 
people are always talking about how like Joss Whedon trusts his audience to like keep up with him, to be smart, to like understand his references. He's not going to hold your hand, whatever. And I think that's one of those things like Joss Whedon is a feminist where Joss Whedon just says those things out loud and tries to make them be <laughs> true by speaking them. And yeah. it, like, I th- I just think that it's like not necessarily true because like in Our Flag Means Death, we get pieces of very heavy backstory from characters like Ed and Frenchie that are, we get like a line and the show creators trust us with a line like Frenchie saying something that like very clearly indicates that he was formerly enslaved. And yeah, uh, uh, I was like, you know, I, you know, I was in service or something, you know? Yeah. Like, like I understand these people, right. The yeah. like French aristocrat people. Yeah. And the show is like, we don't need to give you a flashback. We trust our audience to understand the weight and the gravity of what Frenchie just said And to, like, still let this episode be super funny and, like, really entertaining and, like, not a heavy episode in a lot of ways. Yeah. But we can still, like, give you this important piece of character information and, like, know that our audience are people who know what to do with that. Yeah. And I feel like this show can't do that. They can't they don't deliver this information about Xander and what he's going through in a way that like gives it the weight that it deserves without making it take away like necessary plot time from what they're doing with the overall plot of the episode. And I'm like, if you can't do that, just don't try basically is my feeling on, on the matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, the way that the show does approach it, it kind of like say specifically in this scene with Xander, it's sort of like Buffy and Willow and like even like Oz's response just sort of comes off as a sort of clueless middle classness where it's like, man, sucks to be you versus if it were like, say me, where it's like, okay, listen, well, this hot dude gave me some Ziploc bags and some tips. So... I'm going to steal a bunch of shit from the cafeteria. You're taking it home with you. Everyone wins. Yeah. You know, which is, and like, maybe it's just a thing where it's like, as someone who has like faced food insecurity in the past, it's sort of like you help your friends out. But like, it's sort of, we don't ever see the Scoobies helping Xander out in that kind of way. We see Xander, or we see Giles pay Xander for help with things that he probably doesn't need help with. I think that's the closest thing that we ever see. Yeah, and I'm assuming also that I think off screen, since this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the the show's about Buffy, that like off screen, that Willow probably does step up a lot in like, you know, and the amount of time I think that Xander has spent her house since they've been friends since they were five is probably a lot. And it's contributed to the amount that like Xander eats at Willow's house for a reason, you know? But the fact that, like, we don't, besides, like, maybe, like, Willow and Giles, we don't see, like, anyone else really responding to it just makes it seem like everyone's a really shitty friend. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think what you just said about, like, the Ziploc bags thing is is a way that they could have let this be something that takes up literally, like, 25 seconds of screen time and, like, had it be like okay we're establishing something about where xander is as a character right now we're establishing that that's 
bad like that this is a thing that is worth emotional commitment to and that his friends care about him by having willow and buffy be like we've got you you know or it, it could even like be a joke where buffy's like well lucky for you i just got a bunch of information about how to get more food per swipe and i will i will hook you up you know whatever right and then you even could have maybe potentially even had a callback where like as buffy's like losing more of her soul she's just like makes a shitty comment and everyone's like what the fuck is going on with buffy you know yeah yeah and we could like see it in a later episode too where we could like i don't know see them sneaking a duffel bag of like individual things of pops cereal (laughs) over to Xander, you know right it's like here here's like you know as many pop tarts and like pre-packaged muffins and like bananas that i could smuggle out of the cafeteria today and like you know they always are making up reasons for Xander to be on campus this season anyway and that would have been a perfect reason for him to be on campus yeah you know But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm sure a lot of people in the writing room are people who are very middle class, apparently. Yep. So, very, very white middle class. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the nature of evil. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Just a a casual conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Kathy, evil, question mark? Demon, question mark? I mean, evil, no. I don't I don't think she is evil. I feel like the whole demon thing is right. It's like, oh, these are Kathy's people can have magic and can travel between dimensions and don't look human. Yeah, like they're not, no one, she's not trying to destroy the world. She just wants to break away from her family and be on her home, which I feel like honestly feels very like grew up in a cult slash like fundy Christian household sort of coding. Totally. Um, Especially in some of those, like the stuff that she wears, I feel like, which is like very, I don't want to say like modest, but like, it's very, I mean, like she's obviously playing the like, I'm from Nebraska vibes, Um, but it also just feels like, I was homeschooled in Nebraska by a bunch of weird Christians. Yep. And yeah, so I mean, I know, like, Kathy's doing a shitty thing to stay independent, but it's like, people do shitty things when they're just trying to survive and not go back to being in a maybe claustrophobic family situation. Yeah. And it sucks. I agree. And, and I mean, I, I don't know how much this episode is the place to talk about, like, the wibbly wobbly nature of what it means to have a soul and like how important that is in this this show and the universe of this show but like we see a lot of people demons whatever be very good um at least be very emotionally intelligent and like capable of strong positive feelings and actions and morality without souls so like if it weren't buffy could kathy have stolen a soul from someone who more or less wouldn't have missed (laughs) and also we don't know that she wasn't gonna give it back well okay 
would they have just taken that person the demons would they have kidnapped buffy Mm. probably but like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that they would like you know they would still have to find someone with a without a soul and they kathy would still be like basically like i don't know that's good you know yeah and i feel like those demons if they like got there and were like wait this skin suit doesn't peel off you're just a person without a soul weird they might have just put them back like they just seem like you know in if in our harry potter podcast people that we would classify as just non-human magical people yeah yeah and i think it is also so yeah like kathy we're established from a species that like whatever doesn't not having a soul means and she's yeah she's not trying to murder anything like her only crime is really liking believe by share which i'm sure (laughs) hundreds of thousands of gay people are so guilty of her crime is not listening to it in headphones actually fair and just like not understanding that bathrooms are where you clip your toenails at you know and that's that's just annoying like that's not evil and i think it's also interesting on this regard is that we see buffy losing Parts of her soul, again, whatever that means, 20% soul, whatever the fuck. Um, And she just, like, she's very fixated on how she is annoyed by Kathy, but it's not like she's trying to murder her friends either, you know? Right, yeah. And so it's interesting to think of, like, an interesting thought experiment to be like, all right, if Buffy became a vampire and was like, she lost her soul, it's like, she would just be like Cordelia, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) And it's like that. And I think the reason that this show can't really come down on the gray air, because then it's like, well, is Buffy is like some of the vampires Buffy are killing. Is that like morally correct? Because like, are there just vampires living their lives? Like, you know, not hurting people who just happen to be vampires that Buffy has killed, you know, because like we have a bunch of vampires. who don't want to like end the world. There's probably a lot of vampires that are just like harmony. Or it's just like, I just want to chill. And, like, be really cool and, Mm -hmm. like, eat. And that's it. You know, that's it. Yeah. And, I mean, if they they were doing a better job of, like, eating without killing people, I I don't think there's necessarily anything inherently evil about being a vampire. Yeah. Which I feel like is also, like, well, you know, you could just set up some, like, not-divey suck houses. But then you get into the whole, like, man, it'd be really cool if sex work was legal. So then you could just, everyone could work safely in an environment and mm-hmm. exchange goods and services. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel very bad for Kathy because I think that she should be able to live the life of a Nebraskan college student on the Hellmouth. And it's just too bad that she got paired with the Slayer. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do think it's bad that, like, she was willing to let some, like, random person get taken to this other dimension in her stead. I I think that kind of sucks. But we don't know, like, what would have been the result of that happening. And, like, the fault honestly lays with her parents more than it lays with Kathy. Because if they just let her go to fucking college, she wouldn't have taken anyone's soul at all. Yeah, and it sounds like Kathy's just like, I just don't want to, I'm not a child, I want to live independently. It's not like, man, I really hate torturing souls or trying to end the world or whatever. She's just like, I just want to try out living independently, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, and even we don't see these other demons, like, I mean, they try to jump Buffy because they think that she is Kathy, but, like, they're not hurting anyone else on campus. Right. All right. You ready to move on? 
Yeah, I think I just wanted to mention that I think the discussion about in this episode about Buffy's mental health isn't great. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's just like of its time. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Welcome to the Magic Box, where we rant about stuff. I physically had to look away from my television when <laughs> Buffy was drinking the milk. How <laughs> do I know that that is the scene that you're like, I cannot watch? It is very viscerally disgusting. It's so gross. It, it's, I think it's like because I ha- was imagining the fact that Sarah Michelle Gellar had to actually do that. Like she had to, it's probably maybe not milk in there. I don't it's know. It's probably like d- dyed water, I would hope or something. Yeah. Because yeah. it would get hot under the light. So it's probably not milk. Yeah. Also, it is such a funny scene. Though. Like what a, <laughs> what's the bitchiest thing? <laughs> it is incredible. Yeah. That whole passive aggressive off is like, this episode is so good. I don't think we've said that yet. What a fun fucking episode of television this is. Yeah, it is. It is like, it's just so fun because it's so realistic if you've ever just had a really annoying roommate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's also just really funny to me. I'm just like, you could just, you could be better at communicating to your roommate, <laughs> both of you. <laughs> um, but also just see if you can transfer if, Sunday's been eating people like once a week for the past 20 years. I bet there's a lot of empty dorm rooms. That's true. What do you have next? All right. It is time for my, uh, I feel like I complain about the UC Sunnydale campus for every episode. And I probably will continue to do that. (laughs) Because, okay, so we see in this episode and also like in a lot of other episodes this season just Buffy and other people just walking around like empty woody bits of campus Mm -hmm. and there's just no one around and I'm like why why are there why is there never anyone around this school would the school has to be a large campus if you're like this isn't like a tiny liberal arts college like I went to like this is a part of the University of California like there should be thousands of students like there wouldn't be that many empty bits of campus you know, mm-hmm. even at night. And so I had to look up the student population of other sections of... UC satellite schools? Yes, thank you. UC satellite schools. And so the smallest one is just like the graduate college, so we can't even say that. But the second smallest one is the UC Santa Cruz, and there's 19,000 students still. Oh, shit, that's so big. Yeah, like I went to a school that had like, I don't know, like... Not even 5,000 people (laughs) in it. Mm -hmm. So, right. So, even if UC Sunnydale has, like, mm, yeah, 15,000 students, 10,000 students, whatever, to justify how small the size of it, that's still, there were still, like, people out all over the place. Like, not just students, but people working for the college. Like, you would have various other things happening. Like, why, there shouldn't be all this empty space for, like, people to jump out of bushes and to be like, no one's around. No one saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, just the size, the size of the school just does not make any sense. (laughs) It really doesn't. So, and this will continue to annoy me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So. I mean, I kind of feel like, I don't know. I, 
some of the things I'm like, no, this is like too silly. But in general, I think as we've made this podcast, I am more and more like, what else are they supposed to do to like make these scenes happen? Like, I think I'm getting more and more towards like, it's TV. Because like, how else was this supposed to go? Things like when they suddenly have to like drive really far to Faith's motel room or the motel that Faith was living at where Ethan is staying later this season that they like constantly walked to when Faith was living there is like, what is happening? Like, why why does it suddenly take Riley 25 minutes to drive to this motel? That's too silly. But needing like a quiet place to slay a demon or whatever, I feel like I can forgive. Though also I understand why you can't forgive it. I think both are fine. I just think it's like it's like I'm not like actually frustrated I just find it like really funny because I'm just like I think it'd be funnier to have like those things happen with Kathy or with like Buffy and Oz and there's just like three people throwing a frisbee being like what is happening that's actually very true (laughs) specifically I love that you just said throwing a frisbee because like frisbee golf is like a thing you only do when you're fucking blazed out of your mind so they really would be the perfect people to like oversee and just like let it go (laughs) right and like and you know that they're blazed because they have a glow-in-the-dark frisbee to be playing frisbee at night yeah yeah, it's sort of like when when they're in the high school, they, we have like Jonathan show up and it's sort of like he cl- like he's on the peripheral of the weirdness happening around Buffy. So he he gives her he probably proposed the school protector award because it'd be like, OK, listen, you guys, how often has Buffy saved all of our asses? That's so cute. And I'm just like, I think it'd be funny just to have a like. Oh, yeah, you know, what's going on in your college campus? I keep seeing this girl getting, like, beating up people in costumes. It's just, like, super weird, man. (laughs) I think there's this, like, LARPing team that I haven't heard about. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Uh, Okay. Um, I have, like, the the longest just list of things that Kathy does that I find revolting. (laughs) And it's so weird because she is such a Virgo, but this list of things are like not, they are not, they are not okay. And like, I understand that I have some like, as they say, issues with some stuff, but like, A, flossing in bed. Why? So gross. So gross. Cutting your toenails, not only in bed but on a crocheted blanket that they will become entangled in and apparently keep growing <laughs> that you're just <laughs> leaving around your room it's so fucking gross um and then not having washed her hands after touching her feet and her like gunk that is all up in her teeth she Eats a she peels and eats a hard boiled egg. That is so fucking gross. Like that was the point where I just like broke. I don't know all the times that I've watched this episode, I never put together the fact that she's like just been like touching her feet and then did not wash her hands and ate a food that is like you put your hands all over a goddamn hard boiled egg when you are peeling it. That is 
fucking sick. I hate it so much. Oh my god. Yeah, the fact that they were, yeah, the fact that she had, right, it's like one side, like, just very Virgo, like, particularness, and then the other side, like, extreme dirtbaggery, even for someone like me who was a dirtbag. I'm like, ugh, no, clipping your nails in bed or flossing in bed, like, ugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, honestly, a little gross. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm a little gross about, like, walking on bare feet on, like, communal carpeted areas and so i'm kind of just like you're like not wearing socks or like slippers in this dorm room like mm-mm. yeah it's not good no it's none of this is good i don't nope i'm not i can't nope. so <laughs> but it is also funny to think about that maybe she's doing this stuff because she just doesn't know how to person because she has been living as a demon <laughs> true true or just to like make buffy more upset I would, I would lose my fucking mind. Like, even if Kathy wasn't stealing my soul, I would lose my mind. I'd just be like, no, I can't. I feel like that would have been like, can you please do that in the bathroom? Yeah. 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 I get not wanting to be barefoot in a communal bathroom, because that's also too gross. If you're going to yeah. cut your toenails in bed, do it over a trash can, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sick. Yeah. I hate it. Anyway, what else <laughs> do you have? <laughs> um, it is, I don't know. I guess it's funny to me to think about, because I think part, the initial humor of this is, I think Giles and maybe even like Willow and everyone being like, oh, Buffy, you just, just don't know how to share. That's why you're so annoyed with Kathy. And then I'm like, what does this episode look like when like Buffy thinks back on it with Dawn like written into her memories? Cause I'm like, mm. they must've had to share stuff, mm-hmm. which I think also ends up being a point of tension whenever Dawn shows up anyway. Um, but it's, I think maybe deeply funny to me for imagine, you know, probably all of the fights that Buffy and, D- and Dawn had sharing stuff. And then Buffy goes to college and is still this, like, I'm going to fucking kill because, like, right now, it's like, yeah, wow, Buffy's total only child syndrome happening right now. <laughs> until all the, like, evil, until all the Slayer stuff happens. Yeah. Not the evil stuff, the Slayer stuff. But I'm also just like... <laughs> so, I don't know. No, you're right. That is interesting. Though, I mean, hearkening back to what we talked about earlier, it is just, like, so different with siblings. Because, like, you can just, like, hit your siblings, you know? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't. But, like, you can. <laughs> like... You do. People get in, like, physical fights with their siblings, like, all the time. And you can be really unkind, you know, and then, like, be fine by dinner with your siblings, too, when you're small. And you just can't do that. Like, there's not, like, an avenue for getting those kinds of frustrations out. Or, like, also, if you're, like, sharing a room with your sibling and they're doing something that you hate and y'all get into, like a blow up about it that can solve the problem right and yeah and then again like you're fine by dinner because like you live with them all the time you're related to them you have a dynamic that's like so different yeah you can't do that with your roommate you can't just be like we're gonna scream at each other and at the end of this we will have found a compromise that is true yeah or your parent will have found a compromise (laughs) right yeah yeah, I just am like, whoever the RA is on Buffy's floors. <laughs> no. Maybe I eaten by Sunday because they are not they are just not present. <laughs> yeah. 
Welcome to Spike's Crypt, where we talk about sexy stuff. I just have a couple of things about Giles. Mm -hmm. One of which is, of course, really here for this, like, sweaty post-workout Giles. Mm -hmm. And I also have a a question about Giles' sex life for you. Okay. Which is, okay, so I feel like... The only friends that we see Giles in her, like the people he calls his friends are like people he are either dating or fucking or like are his exes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm like, is Giles fucking his rare book friend who he's like, oh, you know, I have a friend of mine. I'm just going to go, you know, do some rare book stuff. And I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sure. I'm down for that. I mean, he's already he's already exercising so he can like keep up with Olivia when she pops in from her have her 18 hour flight just to like fuck him for like three Mm -hmm. days and leave. So, yeah, I like I mean, yes, but I also like the idea of Giles like genuinely having friends that he just goes and like geeks out about stuff and drinks tea and like, I don't know, goes for a walk in the park with um, because I want everyone to have friends like that that are not based around romance or the like potential of romance you know yeah someone he just goes to magical estate sales with yeah (laughs) especially i think like middle-aged cis men i want there to be more representations in media and real life of them just like having genuine friendships that they spend time and energy on developing and encouraging so yeah i mean i will say i do think that Maybe not quite in the same way, but like, besides Buffy, I feel like the Scoobies are also his friend, you know? That's true. So, uh, as Willow says in a not creepy way in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate. I love and that. And it's like, intergenerational friendships for the win, but yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm fine with either, I think, is my answer to that question. Yeah. Also, Giles should have more friends, I think. Yeah. Other other sorcerers to pal around with. <laughs> <sighs> cool. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of We Are the Gayers. We will be back next moon with the harsh light of day. And until then. It's the hell mouth, bitch. Like what? <laughs> <laughs>